Hi, and welcome to Cat and Cauldron on Yule, the 21st of December, 2020. For this podcast, I'm going to be free-falling, basically. Uh, It will be a laugh because quite simply, I haven't got no script. I am just going to speak as it comes to me. So I apologise for not having one at the beginning of December, but it's been a bit of a hectic year and I'll be very honest with you all. Um, There's been so much drama going on in the witch talk community at the moment that it's become quite toxic on there. So I do still upload to witch talk, but quite simply I've, well, to TikTok, but quite simply I've not been on there that much at the moment. I've been trying to avoid it because I just don't need that negativity in my life. So I actually only ever followed three people anyway. I've unfollowed those three. So all you'll find now is I will I will upload probably a couple of times a month, but beyond that, I'm just for my own mental health. I'm just kind of avoiding TikTok at the moment. It's getting nasty. And that would be my advice to anyone listening to this podcast today. If if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. Even just take a break from it. Because there's so much toxicity around in the world. What with the pandemic and you switch the news on and it's negative. You walk down the street and people are moaning all the time. You know, I don't need to go onto my social media. I just hear hear people having bitch fights all the time. It's just not worth it. You know, I want to enjoy my free time, not be drawn into other people's dramas. So my suggestions to everybody, look after your mental health. If that is the one thing you say you're going to do for next year, then do it. Take care of your mental health because it's so important. Um, what else has been happening to me? Well, sadly, our our cat Trick died last week and he has now gone to the Summerlands. Uh, he was a very special cat. He was feral, but we kind of adopted each other. Uh, the children call him a cat she because they're convinced or were convinced that he was a fairy cat. I used to call him my little demonic cat because I was convinced he was from the demon realm. Whatever he was, he was special and he was a huge personality and sadly he he passed. And we all just have to um, grieve in our own ways, I guess. And so it's been a bit of a an interesting podcast for me. I've been trying to think about what I would say to people. And I'm just, that's what I said. I'm just going to just go from the heart from this one. Um... We said some beautiful words. He had a lovely pagan ritual and burial in our garden. We have an enchanted garden at the end. So he is now lying peacefully there, along with the other animals that we've had over the years. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of what's been happening to me. My Etsy shop's been going really well. Um, yeah. So, anyway, onwards and upwards... Um, to make me smile and laugh, obviously, Unertus, my, my wonderful mystic fire imp, is with me. And we welcome into our family our solar hellcat. She has become a bit of a guardian for this family. Her name is Tasari. And she is fiercely loyal to us, very protective. And she's entered our lives at the right time. And 
although I don't work with her enough at the moment, we're still working each other out. She's wonderful to have around and I can't imagine our lives without her in them. It's as simple as that. So things that are happening today, um, this podcast, it's raining and I am going to attempt for the first time ever to make my own your log. So this can go two ways. It's either going to work or it's going to fail. Now, when I say work, I'm not even going to say that it will be nice or even remotely edible. I'm just saying I ma- will manage to roll it up and put chocolate on it and it will look like a Yule Log. <laughs> um, if it does that, I have achieved parental success as far as my children are concerned. But it's a laugh and that's what we need today. So that's what we're going to be doing. I'm going to be making my own Yule Log. If anybody wants to check out the recipe I will be using, it is a British recipe from a wonderful cook we have here who is called Mary Berry. Um, she's absolutely lovely. Mary Berry is brilliant and I can highly recommend her cookbooks. I'm not sponsored by her or anything. I'm just saying if you want to know what I'm up to today, grab her cake book. The Yule Log is in it. That is what I will be attempting except I will be making it with, as a lot of people say, fake cream. But as I'm lactose intolerant, it's what I'm going with. Um, And then I will be raking the fire out and we will be burning the Yule log. Well, later on tonight we'll be burning the Yule log. Not the one I'm eating, obviously, the one we brought into the house. Um, just having the fire going for the next few days really the whole idea for us is the fire doesn't go out now and until about the 6th of January and then we'll get it all nice and ready and prepared for um, in bulk or Candlemas which will be February the 2nd uh, so yeah that's pretty much what my day is going to be like today and what I would like to talk about now is something very different As I'm sure you are aware, last night, I think actually it was the night before as well, so the 19th, 20th and the 21st, possibly the 22nd, it's going to be around for a while, but these are the main dates, is the Great Conjunction. Um, I think it's Saturn and Jupiter, and they look like, well, they're passing each other, and the shape they make is actually the Star of Bethlehem. So that's what people believe happened all those years ago. And I think the last time it occurred was also 400 years ago. So we took the children and trudged up this, this hill locally known called Kit Hill. We trudged up there in the cold, very cold Cornish wind weather. And we sat on the highest peak, all sort of huddled up with the children moaning. But it was worth it. Thick fog, thick black cloud. We couldn't see anything for such a long time. And then just before six o'clock, this brilliance appeared and it it shone through the thick black cloud and the misty fog. And all we could think was, wow, if this is how bright it is through this cloud formation and over the light pollution from the town below, can you imagine seeing it all those thousands years ago or even 400 years ago with no light pollution clear skies and obviously not around december it would have been sort of april time march april i think um how bright it would have been so you can see why they they talk about this brilliant star in the sky 
Now, I've got a little bit of a story to tell you. It's a different twist on the nativity scene. It's not a very long one, but it, it's another way of looking at the world. And this is what we should all be doing. Regardless of your religion, you should always have an open mind. Actually, regardless of who you are, religious, spiritual, human being, think outside the box, have an open mind and and just go with the flow and, f- and see if it starts to make sense when you think outside the box. So my son, my eldest son, is a follower of Suma, the great goddess Tiamat, Anu, Apsu, um, Inanna, Ishtar, um, Marduk, you name it. That, that's his pantheon that he follows. So within that, he has been studying cuneiform, which is the Mesopotamian region, because it was Mesopotamia, Babylonia, Sumer, and some other little bits, but they're the, the big three. That was the way they wrote in cuneiform. And they used clay tablets, and they would make markers in these clay tablets. And occasionally, you it would be even more complicated because there have been a a completely random thing from Sumerian for a different word and then from Babylon a different word again but back then it worked everybody knew what they were talking about but these symbols they weren't even hieroglyphics there was it was something it was it looks like little lines in tablets if you've ever seen the statue or the clay tablet of Marduk defeating Tiamat then you will see these little lines this is cuneiform if you want to know more about cuneiform I can highly recommend um, a chat. He has his own YouTube channel. Well, I think it's part of the British Museum. But there is a YouTube channel and his name is Finkel. He is amazing. Like, my son's only been starting to learn to read cuneiform the last year. And he's okay. He's okay. But this man, he's, he's now... I'm going to do him a disservice now. I have no idea. He looks like Father Christmas. He's epically like the crazy old uncle you would lock up in your room or your granddad and you'd like wheel him out once a year for Christmas and birthdays and then hide him back in the cupboard so nobody knows he exists. You know, he's he looks like a mad professor. Big white hair, beard, absolutely epically insane. And so he looks ancient, but he knows his stuff. And he... I think he has been studying the Mesopotamian region since he was like four or five. So he, he's a legion expert on cuneiform and, and the whole of the region. And their stories and their, their daemons. You, you, he, is, he is brilliant. So I suggest you look up Finkel if you want to know anything about the first civilization. And they were the first civilization. They, they trump Egypt by a long way. Um, anyway, so this is where I'm leading into this because in the nativity scene, we are told that three wise men or three wise kings travel from the far, from the Orient. Well, it wasn't really the Orient. It was actually the Mesopotamian region. Now, remember I said there was three main bodies. You've got Mesopotamia, you've got Sumer, you've got Babylon. Now, my, my understanding of the cuneiform, which is very, very basic, exceptionally basic, like almost non-existent but from what I've picked up and from what I've read other scholars and my son and, and Finkel and everything else that's out there this is how my brain is working through 
the nativity scene. So these three were three mages. They're actually three high priests, probably one from Sumer, one from Babylon, one from Mesopotamia. Now, what happened was they saw the great conjunction in the sky. And for them, it would have been amazingly brilliant. Imagine the clear skies, everything, you know. But to them, I mean, to us, it's like, wow, look at this conjunction. It's brilliant. We must see it. To them, there wasn't a good sign at all. Actually, the cuneiform tablets that do exist, which document, and it is documented that this this brilliant conjunction, and they knew it wasn't a star. They knew it was actually the conjunction of the two planets there. The astrology of the time was amazing. So they knew what was going on. But to them, this was not good. This was foreboding. This was an omen, an ill omen. So you've got the three wisest high priests, magicians from the three big regions, and they confer, and they are all in agreement. This is not a good sign. This could be, we don't know what this sign is, but this is not good. This is actually the harbinger. Something is happening here. And it is a bad message. And we need to find out what's going on. So they consulted astrology. They did witchcraft. They did all these things. And what they seem to have got the gist of is this this person, this baby is going to be born. It's going to be a leader. It's going to bring about terrible destruction and strife. And it's all to do with this. It's all come at the same time as this planet, you know, the Great Conjunction. And they've got to stop it. This is, this is not good. They need to find out more information because if this means the end of the world as we know it, they need to find a way to stop it. So they actually gather up the resources they will use, frankincense, myrrh, gold. If anybody knows any of these properties of these resins, the healing properties, okay? And except, yes, it's expensive, expensive back then, very endangered and expensive now, but they are used to heal, to get rid of bad luck, to cure the sick. You've got antiseptic properties. They're used in exorcisms. You know, and they're about to bring this to this thing that's been born. There's this baby to the parents of the baby. They are bringing exorcism tools to them. It's not like a nice present. Well, it is a nice present if you want to destroy whatever's trying to possess your child or something. And gold, the properties of gold, the alchemical properties of gold was amazing. So you could turn gold, as far as they were concerned, into anything else to help cure and, and solve problems. Worst case, you now have gold to pay for more exorcism tools or more witchcraft or magi or more anything to help you in this quest to get rid of this bad omen. You know, and when I hear the songs and stuff, I always wondered, why would you bring frankincense and myrrh? to a baby gold yeah could help raise the child frankincense and myrrh and we just we're just told to accept it because they smell remotely nice but when you start looking at what they're used for when you read how they were used in the mesopotamian region when you see that they did not think this great conjunction was a good sign it starts to fall into place so these three high priests they start to travel. They are following this bright light, this, this huge shining light. They are following it for the next few days. 
Um, we don't know if they, they are walking, if they're on camels, or if they're on a horseback. And actually, they even had elephants back in the Mesopotamian region. So they could have even gone travelled by elephants. But they made this journey. It would have been just them. It would have been a whole convoy of, of people with them. So they all, they all made their journey. At the same time, a comet flew over. Now, now to them, this just meant double the trouble. So you now have a comet and this great conversion. In their minds, wait, who's who? Who would be this 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 warlord, this this being that's going to bring around such doom and destruction? Well, they they go to the palace. They go to King Herod's palace. Now. They give this message and he's like, well, there's, there's, there's nobody here. Now, in the Christian story, we're told that he panics. that Someone's going to dethrone him. He must kill all the newborn babies. He doesn't want to be overthrown. Wind it back a bit. You've got the three high priests from a region which is known through that continent of being the first civilization, the cleverest, way better than, than Herod's region. They all respected this other region. You've got these three people telling you this is bad luck, a bad omen. We've bought healing and exorcism tools with us. What does Herod then do? He decides, whoa, this is serious. If we kill every child that's born around this time, then we're getting rid of this problem. It's no different to a few films, is it? The omen one, two, three, four sagas to kill the Antichrist. Is it any different? Are they thinking along those lines? Is this a story that Christianity has neglected to tell us? I could be wrong. I could be right. I'm just asking you, think outside the box. So, you know, eventually they, they find this child and from recent archaeological digs and all the rest of it, it's, it's, it's not a lowly stable at all. It's, it's actually, I think they were, somebody was saying something lines in some documentary that I watched on archaeological digs. It's like Joseph's sister's house and it's quite a big house and they actually stayed there and there was no room at the top. So yes, they slept at the bottom where some of the animals were, but it wasn't a lowly barn by any means. It, it was actually a house. Um, so they go there and they, they give these gifts and then they start to kind of praise the child and I don't mean praise as in like you are so great it was more of a case from what has been semi rescued from ruins and from Iraq and all that because that is now the, that was the Mesopotamian region what we can find is it it was they were actually trying to bless him not sing his praises bless him again bless exercise exorcism Phew, I don't know could be anything couldn't it but the more you think outside the box, the more logical these things actually seem to be. So that's my take on the whole nativity scene. Yes, it's quite out there. I totally agree. Do I have proof of any of this? Not a great deal. There's a few cuneiforms that have been written down that chart what happened. Not a lot. I'm just saying when you think outside the box kind of makes more sense things start to fall into place a bit more so yep that's my take on the nativity scene um a bit different and again it, i'm also if you put that in one box i also don't think my like my coven do my coven see a literal goddess on yule for the longest night and the shortest day and a literal sun child 
I don't see that at all. I see it more the ancient way of this is the longest night and it'll be followed by the by the shining sun of dawn which leads us from the bleak, you know the bleak midwinter into the new the new light where things can start to grow the snow and the ice will melt life can be seen again we all have our own ways of seeing things anyway that's it for today have a great yule have a great new year's and i look forward to bringing more spells and more wacky kooky thoughts and suggestions on the way way of looking at the world into your lives in january have a great one take care and bye